What can we do? What can I do? I want to do better. These statements have been directed towards me significantly over the last week, uh, given the murder of George Floyd by a Minneapolis white police officer witnessed by three other uh, white police officers as well. And during this time of a pandemic, COVID-19, today is June 4th, 2020. I don't know how timeless this is going to be, but I really hope that this is something that never needs to get brought up again. I am in a place where I am a lot of my white friends, peers, only black friend that they feel comfortable opening up to and asking these particular questions. I see it on social media with people who may not have that kind of connection or maybe want to be seen as trying to be a part of the solution so that they're not viewed as part of the problem or whatever it may be. And I want to share first off that when we talk about any of these questions, I think that we need to finish the sentence. What can I do with my whiteness? Because by default, you know, I, if you listen to the podcast and you know about how we talk about people with STIs, notice that we use people first language. So when people say do better, we need to appeal to the people, which is the humanness, the humanness that we all share. We are all inherently human if we're able to have this conversation, right? What needs to happen is we have to look at ourselves as that first. So to say, what can I do means that you're othering someone, whether it be yourself or black people to say, you don't, you don't understand or you don't get it, which of course you won't get it because it hasn't happened to you. If you're not someone who's lost a son or a brother or relative to police violence, because the police, they are there to protect and serve you. That's what this comes down to. Like I've not seen in my experience growing up, the police have never really done anything for me whenever they were called on. Like they come and they take, they kill, they invoke fear in the spaces that I've been and where I've grown up and that's what it is like I've noticed that I've been treated differently by cops after now having uh, kind of been a business owner with having a gym and police come by they're friendly they say hi but I see how the police talk to and look at the people who don't have a business who uh, wear their blackness a little bit different than mine is and I noticed that this is a really important thing to bring up because I was born and I inherited blackness I was born human who inherited blackness and for many of the people who listen to this podcast you were born human and you inherited whiteness society dictates what that means there's always a message being sent based on my blackness, based on 
your whiteness. And I believe that the murder of George Floyd during this pandemic, during a time where we're not supposed to be outside, where we're consuming so much more media and we're constantly being exposed to it. People who haven't seen this before are unable to turn away. You can't unsee this. You can't unsee this video of this man, this this human, this white human, this human with whiteness choking this human with blackness. So when we talk about what can I do as a white person, first off, we want to switch that around. As a human, you shouldn't have to ask that fucking question. You just shouldn't. You can reflect on your whiteness as a human you should be able to empathize and be like oh my god that is a human killing a human a human who is white and in this uniform that represents whatever it represents and that is an injustice that should sicken you it should frighten you it should anger you but it doesn't I don't have the answer to this question. I propose questions that are going to make you come up with the answer yourself. Take inventory on your whiteness and how you benefit from it. How, well, you wouldn't really know how you benefit from it because you don't know any difference. You don't know what it looks like to not be white or to not have whiteness, right? To put it in perspective, when you ask the question, what can I do? And you ask this to your black friends, different black people that you interact with. I want to make it very clear that black is not a universal thing. You cannot take what Courtney says to you and then apply it to the black person that you work with, the black person who lives in your neighborhood, the black person uh, whose family your kid goes to school with or that you volunteer at the same place. This is not a universal thing. Black is, in fact, a spectrum. It overall has so many unique experiences that come with this. And so many different beautiful shades of color. If, if we're talking about the physical factor, we've got all of the different subcategories of uh, various aspects of culture. Um, it's not just black. It's also black LGBT. It's also like black into anime or black in whatever field of work. Like there are not black is if, if we want to put it on a comparison with something, think of it like gender you know there's however many genders there are think of it as at least that many types of experiences that come with blackness okay so my experience here with blackness today in this realm i've had to step away from social media for a significant amount of time in comparison to what i normally would so I'll say I'm stepping away from social media and I may post something, I may like something, I may see something, I may share something. Over this last week, my experience in my blackness has been very triggered for a different reason than what would be for someone else's. I am the kind of person who does not like handouts, 
Now, I will say this. If there's ever a time where fucking reparations are given for black people, you got them right. I'm going to be the first person in line for it. But in a sense of people uplifting, supporting, giving me money for the work that I do via something positive for positive people during this time, just because someone told you support a black person, that infuriates me. If you like my shit, like my shit because this is something that you find useful and effective. Don't support my shit or support me because I'm a black person and you fucking pity me. That is where this is. That is how I feel about it. That may not be the intention, but I don't like the shit. And I was unable to really register what I was experiencing in my body, but it just makes me feel like less than on top of living in a society where I'm already seen as less than my rewards my victories my blessings all of these things I celebrate significantly more intensely for myself when I earn an opportunity when I execute a thing when I am consistent in something when I finish a project when I am able to have my accomplishments regardless if you know it requires me to go through somebody or I have to sell someone on it like I enjoy earning what I am giving what I'm given and seeing so much of this it angers me because it's seeming to come from a place of like pity and this, again, is not going to be everyone else's experience. These are opportunities for other people to just, it can make or break them in their business. Perhaps I'm a prideful person and I take pride in my work ethic, but to me it just seems like invalidated that my work has any greater quality than any of my peers or that it's necessary or efficient or useful in a sense that because I'm black now in a time where y'all just now realizing this shit been going on. Don't promote my shit now. Unless you genuinely like it. And if you genuinely find value in it, that's what I want to see. I don't want to see follow these black educators and then like to see it from people who are uplifting these things. Like, have you even engaged with my content or did you just see what my headline is or the first the most recent three four posts on my instagram page like i know that a lot of people don't even understand that something positive for positive people has a podcast h on my chest is an instagram handle where i talk about herpes and oftentimes i have to tell people hey for your questions you should check out this podcast and it's been in my headline for I don't know how long, but I still say that. And they're like, oh, you have a podcast? I didn't know you had a podcast. And so for people to uplift my one of my posts or my work or something, to, to, to see it just alongside other black people, like, I don't know how they feel about this. I know how I feel about this. I'm like, where the fuck were you at, you know, when... We were interviewing and uplifting the services of other black people ourselves. You're not aware of my content. You don't even follow me. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't seem genuine. So when people ask what they can do, someone probably told them that's what they can do. But that shit doesn't work for me because of the kind of my 
black experience. That's been what mine is. So now multiply that by infinity and you have however many other perspectives there are. So it may seem overwhelming when you ask, what can I do as a person with whiteness? You have to reflect on your whiteness, look at your blessings, privileges, skills that you have acquired over the years through your whiteness and you apply your humanness to it. If that were a white person, it wouldn't be, but try to imagine a world where that's okay for someone who looks more like you, for someone who's more connected to you or close to you, who's having the fucking life choked out of them and it's being recorded and people are standing by, no one's doing anything. Like put yourself in that fucking situation to be the parent or a sibling or really close friend or partner to George George Floyd. Or maybe if his name were whatever like a white guy's name is, I don't fucking know. Push yourself there. You will use every resource at your disposal to call out these injustices. And what I'm noticing collectively is that we're at a place now where many people in asking what can be done, what can I do, how can I do better, people are shocked. People are shocked that this is going on. People are shocked that there are protests. People are shocked that there are that that violence is occurring and it's because the silence isn't working the taking a knee hasn't worked we're not being heard and acknowledged and now that there's this shock value what has to happen next is more than likely going to be acceptance of it i was in a room full of women white women the other day yesterday actually um, unfortunately, we won't get to share that audio from this, but it was really phenomenal to have had 13-ish white women of different walks of life be willing to come into a space and sit down with a black woman to talk about things, to have that space created openly for them to ask questions and receive information. And it was wonderful. I'm not going to go into the details because it got very vulnerable but I will say this, collectively what I gathered from it is that no one was angry. None of the white women who were there, I'm sorry, I'm, I want to say women with whiteness to use people first language, at least for the sake of this podcast. None of them were angry. You know, they were shocked. They were sad. They were maybe frustrated. But no one was angry. One of my favorite books I listen to on a regular basis is Letting Go by David R. Hawkins. And most recently I've come into this book called The Upside to Your Dark Side. And both of these books talk about the usefulness of anger. Anger gets us out of this space of like like negative helpless emotions. Yes, anger is considered a negative emotion, yet it's the one right before courage when it comes on the emotional scale. When you get to anger, that's when shit gets done. But they don't they don't have a reason to be angry. There's no reason to be angry because life has been convenient. Life has been a breeze for 
many women with whiteness, people with whiteness, because we are in a society where anything not white is the is inferior, is oppressed. And therefore, as the oppressor by association, you don't recognize that there's a problem. There can't be a problem. What do you mean? What's going on? What? And now for us to have been indoors all this time now, for us to have had all this time to just be around our families and want to step away and look at media or be isolated and just be scrolling down the news feed to see the 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 triggering shit that we have to share for the sake of hopefully having justice served having that shit thrown in your face nonstop it shouldn't make you sad anymore it shouldn't shock you because this shit's been going on since People with blackness have gotten here. It's been happening. It's been going on. We've been yelling. We've been speaking for it. We've been asking for help. We've done a lot. And now that we're, we're tired, we're exhausted, we're angry. We've been angry for a long time. And I've gotten to a place where it went from being shocked to being sad to being annoyed to frustrated to just fucking enraged and then it hit a point to where I felt like I was becoming numb to it like there is not gonna be anything that I can do to change this and after that numbness came a sense of helplessness because it just keeps happening how how often is it going to happen? How often is this cycle going to continue? I am very grateful to the people with whiteness for stepping into the space of wanting to figure out what can be done, what they can do. You can get mad. You can get angry. You'll never be as angry as we are. But you can get angry at the injustices done to humanity. Humanity that inherited blackness. My blackness is always on. The message is always being sent and received by society, by me. Same thing with a person's whiteness. How will you use your whiteness to serve humanity? Bring peace to humanity. Continue the evolution of humanity. Liberate humanity. I've looked at my core values and I'm able to look at this and say it myself. Like peace, liberation, evolution. Those are my three core values. And I said it that connection and transparency are working their ways in there. We've got to see the humanness in one another. We have to embrace the humanness in ourselves. And then the question should never be, how can I do better? 
That's bullshit. That is the bare minimum expectation of humanity because we evolve, we grow, we change, we evolve. That's what we do collectively as a human race. That's what we do. So when you ask yourself now, hopefully, as a human with whiteness, what can I do? Look at what your whiteness means. Look at what your whiteness does for you or doesn't do for you. If you call out racism at your job or injustices or you become someone who is actively, vocally anti-racist, if you lose your job, you can get another one. If I go vocal and I'm the angry black dude that's fighting for equality or yelling out shit about what what's wrong and injustices, I could get fired and not get hired again because I'm the angry black man and that's to be expected. Or maybe it's expected for me to be silent and just shut the fuck up like I have done throughout my life. Until I've gotten to the point of helplessness. Going into work the day after witnessing a public lynching on your social media feed nonstop. Having to act like everything's okay. That, that's a real thing. The resilience that has been programmed and passed down from our ancestors for their blackness, for our blackness, and what that looks like for us. This is repressed anger. When you see someone sitting on that fucking Zoom call at this point, when you see an employer with their or employee with their head down, when you see like your your coworkers who have whiteness coming into the office all cheerful and I've got donuts after having their the news feed, the news, the social media feeds flooded with a public lynching in 2020 via a white cop choking out a black man and with all of the other murders that have gone on as well white men, white women, can't forget about uh, the the cop that went into the black man's house and killed him thinking it was her house. When you are able to witness your employer who or your coworkers come in with just that cheerfulness, that nonchalantness, like nothing happened and ask you know, the, the normally cheerful, smiley black guy that's in the office. What, what's wrong with you? How will you use your whiteness and connect with that other person's whiteness who has no fucking idea what that human with blackness is going through? How will you explain to them in a way that they can understand because they don't understand their humanness over their whiteness. And therefore they cannot connect with the human who has blackness.
how are you going to console that person? How are you going to talk to their employer and say, hey, I think, you know, maybe we should look at or do something for this, our, our people with blackness in our office. Maybe they shouldn't be here right now. Maybe they need to, a day off. Maybe we should help connect them to some sort of counseling or therapy for the day because a traumatic event in relation to humanity because of the blackness inherited, because of the silence of most people with whiteness and the indifference there. How are you going to use it? That needs to become the question that we ask ourselves. That needs to be the question that you ask yourself. That shouldn't be a question for me. We all have our circle of friends. We have our networks, our people who are connected to our communities. The people who are immediately around you with blackness, you Connect with them on a human level. You don't like them because they're black. You don't hang around them because they're black. You hang around them because they're human. And you appreciate, you like the things about them that come with their blackness. And you connecting with the human, you should be able to empathize and know, okay, this is what this must be like for them. And you use your whiteness to ease that burden just a little bit. However that may look. It is a huge emotional burden for people with blackness to have to talk to people with whiteness about what they can do or what's wrong or explain to them, help them understand and educate. And oftentimes when you ask more than one person, you're going to get more than one answer. It's going to be read this book. It's going to be Google search this. It's going to be follow this page. It's going to be donate to this cause or donate to that cause. Promote this on your social media handles. Start conversations. And with all of this thrown at you, you can do a little bit of everything and feel so accomplished. You can feel like you just changed the world with your individual effort because you did everything your black friend asked you to do. That ain't how this works. (laughs) That ain't how this works. And in no way, shape, or form is one answer going to be the end-all, be-all of what is going to... First off, it's not going to bring anyone back. Whatever action taken, be better, that's perpetual. Again, basic standard for humanity is to do better. Nature literally forces us to do better. So you got to do different. What are you going to do different? Now that you're shocked, now that you're crying and you feel for us and you're sad, now that you're there and in that place, what are you going to do different? Are you going to inconvenience yourself? I've been inconvenienced. George Floyd was inconvenienced. Protesters are inconvenienced. The right people aren't being inconvenienced. That's what that's what this comes down to. It's a matter of 
maintaining the status quo as is out of convenience and comfort and convenience yourself by having that challenging conversation with your other humans who have whiteness collectively y'all know y'all have tools y'all have connections you have skills you have resources that people with blackness don't have access to how can you use them to bridge a gap to potentially amplify the usefulness of the resources that we have how ask each other that ask each other what y'all can do with y'all's whiteness connect with see that humanity in yourself where are you not being a decent human being at the base level to where you have to ask yourself how can I be better what can I do better no do different what can you do different when there are opportunities to learn, when people open up their their space to be willing to talk about racial issues and talk about social injustices, inconvenience yourself by listening, by tuning in. Inconvenience yourself by, by not just taking notes or not just reading the books, but implementing things. All of the, the learning, all of that stuff needs to come with this. You can't, you can't consider learning doing something because no action is being done to make any impact this immediate this what we're in right now requires immediate action how long would it take you to finish that book how consistent will you be in your donations to different organizations how consistent will you be in having these conversations? How consistent will you be in posting a black fucking square on your Instagram page in solidarity for one day for something that's been happening for, can we say centuries? <laughs> get mad. You're okay. You're not going to get in trouble. You're not the angry you're not going to be seen as the angry black man. No, that will never happen. You won't be seen as the loud black woman, the outspoken black woman for speaking up for basic, for the standard of humanity. And again, my experience is unique to anyone else's experience. I don't want the fucking social media handouts. I don't want the follow this page if you don't mean that. If you're not a supporter, if you're not a friend, if you're not a podcast listener, if you haven't consumed the content, if you haven't gotten anything out of this, don't. Don't do that. Because it angers me. It makes me feel less than in a world that already puts me down and makes me feel less than. I am inconvenienced. You can be a little bit inconvenienced. You can break your routine. You can dedicate something that you can do consistently. 
not just once once a month when another black man or black person gets murdered, goes missing, black trans person, a black woman, a black man, a black someone, a human with blackness, when some injustice happens to them. Y'all gotta fucking hold each other accountable. Y'all need to be outraged at these fucking cops. Y'all gotta get angry. Get angry. That's what you can do. Inconvenience yourself. Get angry. I've been angry. I've dealt with the consequences of being angry. I've dealt with the consequences of repressing my anger. I used to get whoopings for being mad, for being emotional, for sharing my emotions. I used to get whoopings for that shit. You know why? Because at any given point, if I am not logically thinking in things that are happening, if I get too emotional in the streets, outside, playing with my friends, my teenage self doing something reckless because it's it looked like it's fun. Or if I get angry at someone and I don't have an outlet for it and I just let that shit out, at any given point, I could be murdered by a cop. I could lose my life. So while a 17-year-old boy with whiteness can, I don't even know how old he was, what the, the Brock dude can rape an unconscious woman at a university, be sentenced to six months in jail and get out three months early on good behavior because you don't want to mess his life up. I, for stealing a candy bar at a gas station, a 60-whatever-cent candy bar, could be murdered by a cop because I, I look older than I am. Oh, I look like an adult or I look more threatening because of my blackness making me darker and seemingly more rough and tough, I guess. I don't fucking know. But my parents had to be that way with me. My grandparents had to do that for me. And here I am now telling other people, you need to get emotional. That's what we need. We need that. We need that from people. We need for them to get mad. We need for y'all to get mad and point the anger in the right direction. Point that shit to the system. The same way motherfuckers were on this social distance and shit when people were dying in the pandemic. Look at how, oh, you need to be six feet apart. Stay at home. We're in this together. That same fucking energy. I don't believe has ever been brought to the murdering of black people. We're looking out for humans when, oh, oh, this affects everybody, right? Because anyone can get COVID-19, right? Oh, but not anyone can get murdered by a cop or murdered by a white man and the murderer get away with it. No, that's not nearly as important. We don't all need to get on board with that, right? No. And for the people who are siding, standing by cops and siding with the police in this instance here, or any instance <laughs> in these cases where a cop murders a fucking unarmed black boy in cases, man, obviously recently, 
person, black, a person living with blackness for the sake of putting this in terms that can be more understanding. Because when I say black, I'm sure people probably cringe a little bit at that. So when we talk about this in the terms of looking at it like humanity, we are all human. You have your whiteness. I have my blackness. And when I talk about my blackness, someone who has their own experience with blackness has way more understanding and empathy than a person with whiteness does. And why is that? If we're people, right? We're humans, right? We got to do different. I challenge you to look at your humanness. You could even draw a fucking T-graph on a sheet of paper and on one side write white, other side write black. What are the similarities? You will find that there are significantly more similarities in your blackness and my and your in blackness and whiteness through humanity than you will in the whiteness and blackness inherited skin color and experience and societal interpretation of what that means when you look at it on paper. In all honesty, you could just write out, you know, what what it means to have whiteness for yourself or what you're now seeing for people who have blackness, what we're going through. And then just write the opposite on the other side, underneath what you have, and you'll be able to see, oh, okay, well, I have these luxuries. I can get angry. I can get emotional at work. But they can't. You can't. Why can't we all do that? Why can't we all just get angry when something is wrong and speak out against it for justice to be served? We can't do that. Can't tell you how many times I had to bite my tongue through some covert racism shit that I've seen at work. In the workplace. (laughs) I can't tell you how I can tell you how that feels actually. It makes me angry. It makes me angry when I can't be emotional. It makes me angry when I can't speak out against injustices. When I when it makes me angry when I can't express myself at all. That's what it makes me. And I have to repress that. I have to push that down. And also I can't express it like a lot of white angry men might express it. Like maybe perhaps putting a black man in a chokehold because you wear a uniform and a badge that inherently means that whatever situation you're in, you're the good guy and the other person must be the bad guy or have done something wrong or deserves whatever the fuck it is that they have coming to them. No. No. It's not safe. I don't, I honestly don't feel safe doing this and sharing my thoughts on what we need to do. Because if, in my experience, the black men that I've seen step up, speak out, lead, have been killed. Young. Young. 
however it is that they might have died, like whether it be from someone within their own community or someone externally, that's my experience. I have seen black men as thought leaders, as leaders of revolutions, of change, get too loud and then for somebody to be like, uh-uh, uh-uh, they're getting too much traction, uh-uh, get them out of here. And some of my role models now, like, I, I, I feel like maybe this is, and this is going to sound stupid, but maybe this is like a protective mechanism for me, but I'm staring at my role model right now on my wall, Goku. Goku, Goku won't get murdered by police. <laughs> Goku from Dragon Ball Z. Yes, that is exactly right. I have to look up to and get my values from animated characters. Because the ones who look like me that I'm supposed to look up to aren't here. And these animes are eternal. You can even add to their lives by making more seasons. We don't have that. I cling on to what's not real for hope. I cling to what's not real because there's more reality in it. More hopefulness, more connectedness in it than this fucked up ass world that we live in. No, my other role models are. (laughs) They're also animated characters. Iron Man, well, fuck, they just killed him. So that negates everything that I just said. (sighs) So I, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard for me to speak out. It's hard for me to want to fearlessly lead and say what I believe can happen to create change. But it seems like now we're at a point where people are paying more attention. People are listening. I feel that around everything that I've done through learning about myself and doing my own self-reflection on what it means to be a human, I feel like that gave me my voice. Creating something positive for positive people and fostering the community of amazing fucking people, all y'all amazing, that are in this community. It's given me a support system that makes me feel powerful. (laughs) I get chills when I say that. Powerful enough to speak out from the heart and say what I wouldn't have normally said. It, it, I have volume now. Volume that wasn't there as just Courtney. Just Courtney had a voice. Courtney didn't have volume to it. Something positive for positive people gives me volume. Y'all supporting me, you give me more volume. You turn the volume up for something positive for positive people so that this can be heard. And I appreciate that. Because it gives me the confidence to do and, and say what needs to be said and for me to hold myself accountable. Because ain't nobody else going to do it. <laughs> I have had 
however many years of experience working in media. I have gained more than anything the experience of recognizing patterns. And there is a major pattern in this system of oppression to where I know that I've learned, I'm sorry, I've learned from school and going to college and the privilege that comes with that, taking inventory on as a human, what my blackness has done for and means for me. I think that it made me identify danger and actual threats at more of an intense level and then patterns of those threats and dangers. And in media, media is supposed to reflect the truth. Media is supposed to reflect what's happening in society. And I'm noticing that isn't always the case. Media also has this shadow side and power to manipulate what is being shown so that it completely shifts the narrative, telling people what to think, how to think. And what gives the media the power to do that for whatever reason, whatever the agenda is behind the person who has the media company to send the messaging is its advertisers. I've worked in media. I've worked in television, newspaper, digital, social media. And it's the same story. You as a media company, media outlet, I collect your demographic information. I know how many people are tuned into this broadcast network or station at what time. And I am able to say we can reach this many of women, of men, of black men or women, whatever. And here's what it's going to cost for you to put your ad in this program that is shaping how they think. Brands, businesses, they they covet these numbers. They covet our eyeballs, our consumer uh, dollars, our consumer power. All because we just we, we sit down in front of the TV. We sit down in front of our phone and we just consume content. We consume that content and these media stations get paid and they have power to influence. They have power to create more programming. They have the power to shape reality. What kind of reality is being shaped? Hmm. If we look at a lot of our primetime television shows, what do you see? What kind of stereotypes do you see? What kind of stigmatization do you see? What type of racism do you see? What are you seeing about black people, people with blackness? What are you seeing about people with whiteness? Who are the main characters? Who are the bad guys? What do they look like? What are they wearing? How are they dressed? What, what, what's the music looking like? The videos, right? What kind of music is being pumped? What advertisers, what, what personalities on the radio are, what are they saying? What kind of messaging are they putting out there to shape this reality that we live in, right? So for perspective, if I have programming that, let's say it shits on black people, 
or let's say that it's super violent and it portrays um, it, it doesn't portray black people, black men, let's say that black men in their household with their families or it portrays them in prison and the moms at home with several children and living off of government assistance or let's say that uh, it's one of these fucking housewives shows or something like that. I don't know what messages what messaging is being sent to the world. This is how you act. This is how this group of people acts. And without the explanation that I just gave on blackness being on a spectrum and having unique perspectives in the experience of what it means to have blackness, without those, you'd probably think that if you, whatever it is that you're consuming, this can be applied universally to what it means to be black and how you can see and talk to black people and what you think that black people want to be talked to like or what they want to dress like. And that's where this shit comes from. Oh, well, I just assume that you like the fried chicken because you seen somebody on fucking basketball wives say, ooh, I love fried chicken. You know black people love fried chicken. Probably seeing that shit and you go to work and that's what you do. That's the power these media companies have to perpetuate and uphold the status quo. They can also uh, invoke this racism shit in people. Just by putting programming out there. We consume it. The more we consume, the more they can show people are watching it. The more that their value goes up to a brand that just wants to run a 30 to 60 second commercial within that program. Right? What happens if, say, sports goes away and now it becomes a lot harder to reach the black man, the man with blackness, who is an avid sports fan and watches every watches his favorite sports team, no matter what, who gathers on whatever night of the week that their team plays and they buy snacks and host parties, maybe barbecue, buy drinks. What happens to that man that's now not able to watch sports? What's he doing? What does the value of sports become if sports are playing and that man with blackness is not watching the sport? The value decreases in that program. So you got two options. You change the program or as an advertiser, you pull your dollars out of it. Huh. So with that being said, if there is programming that perpetuates racism, stereotypes, stigma, and our eyeballs are bringing in money, therefore, what you want to do is replicate that because you want more money, more money, more power, right? Our consumerism, like our ability to consume, our eyeballs are worth significantly more than we believe it is like our attention people are paying tens of thousands hundreds of thousands millions of dollars depending on the programming to just get 30 to 60 seconds of our attention if we were to take whatever if we were to just reduce i'm not even going to say boycott media or boycott certain programming if we were to just collectively as humans not choose Choose not to subscribe to this kind of programming that is perpetuating the status quo of 
racism, white supremacy, and portraying people with blackness in these stereotypes of basically programming our youth to see, oh, okay, here are what your options are. You're going to play sports. You're going to be a musician. You're going to be an actor. That's it. I want to see more politicians. I love This Is Us because they do such a great job of, I love Grey's Anatomy. I love the Chicago shows. They do they do this. I love, oh, and the CW Network shows with all the superheroes. Again, we're going into fantasy where fantasy appears to be more reflective of reality than the reality TV that we watch. The Flash, the Arrow, Green Arrow, Supergirl, they've touched on racism significantly. Cloak and Dagger on Hulu, they touch on sex trafficking and police brutality. These are shows that don't get exposure, though. You don't hear, you don't see ads about these shows that are addressing these things and seeing the injustices that occur and seeing what can be done in order to get justice. You want to talk about history. You know, I was watching um, the Legends of Tomorrow, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Jefferson, black dude, played football. Uh, I forget the extreme details of his backstory, but he's one of the heroes on the show. And you know what DC Legends of Tomorrow do? They go through time. And you know where they ended up in time? They ended up in the fucking past. And that was not a good time for him. And I think that that is the way that they portray these things on these shows and in these animations and cartoons. These, this is where, this is where the reality is. That's where reality is. And so programming like that doesn't make it to primetime television. Programming like that doesn't, I mean, maybe it was at one point, but the ratings may not have been there, but our us as consumers are not consciously consuming. We're unconsciously consuming and then we consciously or unconsciously even apply what we're learning, what we're being told from these programs into the real world. The media is not reflecting reality. The mainstream, let's say, media is not reflecting reality. And the brands that put the money there they're putting the money there because our eyeballs are there so they're following our eyeballs and they're just meeting us at the media point so we move our eyeballs to let's say we create our own media outlets or we support more media outlets that reflect reality that support us in our communities that's where these businesses have to go what happens to these media companies they're gonna they're not gonna just lose that money they're gonna have to do something different and that's what we need to do. We need to do different. The brands are going to do different because they have shit to sell. We want to buy shit, right? But when we claim our power and we are collectively able to minimize our media exposure to these stigmatizing racist shows and shit, our attention goes somewhere else. Where does it go? I don't know. I don't care. But it shouldn't go to these shitty media outlets and give them more power, more influence, more money. Hannah Brown from one of these Bachelor seasons just said a song. She was rapping a song on an Instagram live and said nigga in the song. Bachelor Nation, I guess. I, I don't know. But 
had now at this point been exposed to something they probably had no fucking idea that they would be exposed to. But you know what? People backed this woman and were like, you know, it's just a song. She can say it. It's a I imagine that that's how they sound. I'm sorry if that's not how they sound. But I was listening to uh, a podcast where I think it was uh, something Taylor. I don't know. But I wanted to just kind of see what their what their thoughts were, what thoughts were on this, because that's a popular primetime TV show. And this is a personality at this point, And people are supporting her. And, you know, it's like, why, why, why do you want to say that? Why do you want to say it? What made you feel compelled to say nigga in the song? And some of the responses were just absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> it was ridiculous. And that's that's a really good example of like the, the, the support of a community. Because some people left, some people unfollowed her, but that brought out other people's oh yeah, well, you, you, you get to see what a person's community backing them looks like in times like that when they overtly do some shit they ain't got no business doing like there's no reason for her to say that and she did it because she knew she could and for her to not know that it was a problem <sighs> but this is an example of whiteness in use her whiteness made her feel that she was entitled to say whatever she wants because freedom of speech. You can say whatever the fuck you want. I don't care what you say, but understand that there are consequences for saying certain things, consequences in different social groups, communities, uh, direct people around you, whatever. Say whatever you want, free speech, but understand that there are consequences. Now back to the consumer part of this. It is very important that we become conscious of the media that we expose ourselves to because our data is always being collected, even on our phones. Like, I don't understand why we don't see our power. And maybe, you know, it's because we haven't all worked in media. I've seen these big ass orders process. I, I've looked at orders and been like, they want to spend $30,000 on one commercial or one program. What? This doesn't make sense. And some of the brands that spend money in these programs, they only care about the eyeballs, but make these brands care about the consumer. Make these brands care about the impact that they're having on society. Brands that say, I don't want to get political, we don't want to get political, make them get political by redirecting your eyeballs. Make these media stations start to reflect reality and stop misconstruing the narratives around peaceful protests around police brutality and like dumbing it down. Like I saw a headline that said the death of George Floyd. And it's like the murder of George Floyd by police officers. Say it right. Say it honestly. Be honest. Say the truth. That's what needs to fucking happen. It's not. We're getting there. We're getting there for sure. But the only way we'll really get there, the immediate action that can be taken is if people decide to challenge these fucking brands. I saw Reddit change their logo to black and white like the day after. Like I, I was like, why isn't Reddit working? Why isn't it working? And I had to re-download it and my logo was black. I appreciated Reddit for that. I appreciated Nickelodeon for making a statement. 
when COVID-19 dropped and people had to stay at home, Zoom was all over that shit. Where is Zoom right now in regards to police brutality? Where do you stand? If you say you don't get political and then when something like a pandemic happens and you have an opportunity to a business opportunity and you still don't want to get political, that's political to me because you're choosing to remain silent. Therefore, in your silence, you are siding with the status quo. The status quo does not serve me. The status quo does not say or serve my possibly future children. And it's sad because like, I feel like in this world, like with where we're at right now, if there isn't an immediate change or an immediate action, like there's, we're fucking becoming an endangered species. Like I feel like the, the, most precious gift that I would be able to give my children to hopefully get them to adulthood and not have a target on their back or not have the same experiences that I've had as a black man is to give them lighter skin. How fucked up is that? Like I have a potentially subconscious programming in my head that says, okay, well, if we're looking at the patterns of survival and what we need to do in order to pass down our seed, we're going to have to give our kids lighter skin. My dark skin is fucking beautiful. I don't bruise. I can get cuts on me and take a shower and that shit like burn, but you won't see the marks. I can have an affair and have hickeys and shit. No one will see it. I can get into a fight and get my ass whooped and you won't know I had a black eye. (laughs) This shit is wonderful. I I do still sunburn, so don't let nobody tell you because I thought that that couldn't happen, but it does. I've gotten sunburned before. But that's where... That's where we, we, we've got to be able to collectively, communally get on the same page with this shit. Media consumption is directly driven by businesses, driven by businesses, and businesses are not taking a stand. Businesses need to get political because that's where the money is. Where the money is is where the power is. And the power and the money are going to the media, and the media are controlling the narrative, and we are feeding the narrative to the media by allowing them to feed us this bullshit we got plenty of other programs where's where's youtube stand where's hulu stand where's netflix stand what about what about facebook i'm sending things on you know and whenever i do impulsively open up my social media pages i saw something that was like facebook employees are you know feeling awkward about the silence from facebook yes That's what we need. Put that social pressure on these media outlets. Put it on these brands. Because when our attention goes away from these media platforms, they got to do something different. They got to do something different. And in addition to that, the brands are going to have to reallocate their dollars. They're going to have to earn our money. So if you call yourself supporting the, the, the humans with blackness in your atmosphere, in your communities, in your workplace, there's something we can do. How about we organize times to where we minimize, not eliminate, because I understand how unrealistic that is, our media exposure. Take inventory on the necessities in your life and look where you're spending your money, where you're spending uh, your attention. I have my Ameren electric bill, my Spire gas bill, my Spectrum uh, internet bill, and my fucking my car payments like the the bills that i have on a monthly basis these are fixed things 
I mean, I would love to be able to be like, what are y'all saying on racism? Oh, indifferent? I'm not giving you money anymore. That's not realistic. I understand people may only communicate with others through WhatsApp, through Facebook, through Instagram, and I'm not asking you to stop doing that. I am saying to consider a media boycott, business boycott online. Why the fuck has Amazon not paid taxes? There's all this stuff about Jeff Bezos or whatever the fuck his name is being an asshole in the media or in articles or people like saying that why do we keep using amazon we don't have to fucking order books or uh, boots and shit like that online things are opening back up amazon isn't the only business that's out there i unfortunately have audio uh, or audible an amazon company so (laughs) perhaps it's time for me to cut that shit too i would love to see us get on board with you know getting changes made by directly impacting these dollars. Dollars from the businesses need to be allocated to these bail funds, to these um, to these different organizations that are fighting for uh, pe- black people, people with blackness, whichever. I'm going to just say them interchangeably at this point. But I want you to see the human first. See the human and then understand that we have an acquired blackness. You have an acquired whiteness. That's how we... That's how we begin. And as these businesses start to pick sides, we want to uplift and support these businesses because of their ethics. We want to challenge them to keep up this momentum. It's Pride Month, right? So all the rainbow logos are going up. Well, what about, you know, what about when this is over? You know, are you always going to be queer friendly or just when it's convenient? You're going to ride the wave. Are you always going to be standing up for uh, black lives? In the face of police brutality, you got to be consistent. Whatever you choose to do, be consistent with it. I am minimizing my social media exposure to weekends. I have a business account that needs to run on a regular basis, but I will figure out a way to make that work and let people know, hey, you got to contact me this way. But I'm minimizing my use of media exposure. And... I've done that this week, and it's led to me being a lot more creative and introspective. I've read a book, a a hard copy book, and it's very hard for me to sit still and physically read. I fall asleep, I get tired, but I fucking did it, and I'm proud of myself for it. I've been editing my podcast more, and I've just redirected the energy that I would have as a consumer on a regular basis to my connections. I've talked on the phone to more people. I mean, I'm exhausted from these fucking Zoom calls and FaceTimes and everything, but just being able to connect with those people that are closest to me and checking in. And I've got a therapist and I've been taking care of my mental health. All of these things that came from me just redirecting the the my drive, my battery, let's call it that. Like each of us is an individual battery fueling the the media for it to use us as profit. For it to charge us up with bullshit. That's what we are to the media. We're its batteries. So take those batteries elsewhere. They can't charge us up with bullshit. We'll recharge ourselves. We'll get our charge from real, honest information. Then those people with podcasts are going to be the ones to get hired in radio shows and on TV shows. The real people. The ones who live for... The, the truth and transparency and honesty and integrity. 
and who are reflecting what's happening in society, not manipulating it. So there's something we can do different. It's not a matter of like, no, it is. It is a matter of like inconvenience. Inconvenience yourself by not buying from these places. Inconvenience yourself by challenging these brands and businesses, asking them where they're where they stand on police brutality, social injustices. We all can do that. And I just want to really now want to just close out this whole thing with I understand who my audience is and I often compare uh, what it's like to live with herpes and the stigma that we face to what I found in uh, the LGBT community. And now I think that it's important to bring in how this works as blackness as well. I mean, in having herpes, we have HSV-1, we have HSV-2, we have HSV-1 orally or genitally, HSV-2 orally or genitally, and then we have the people who have HSV-1 who don't want HSV-2, the people who have HSV-2 that don't want HSV-1, the people who just have cold sores or fever blisters and would never date someone with herpes, all of these subcategories. And then we've got, you know, the lesbians, gay, bisexual, trans, and queer, and across the spectrum. And then we've got different layers of blackness as well. We have to see the humanness in all of these. We are all humans. As a human with blackness... There can be someone who fall, who has herpes, who is a member of the LGBT community and has blackness. They're human. All of us have this humanness to us. And the, the, the stigma that's faced, the stereotypes that are faced, the injustices that are done. You know, if, if herpes is the biggest problem that you have, you are doing pretty fucking well for yourself. If that's your biggest concern, if herpes is the biggest inconvenience of your life, you can inconvenience yourself a little bit more by speaking up for any of these groups. People with herpes, you know, a lot of us don't want to speak up for ourselves. When people make us feel bad and make us want to kill ourselves or make us depressed, we don't speak up for ourselves. We have the luxury of choosing not to speak up for ourselves. For some LGBT members, it's a matter of being outcast from their families, their communities, their support if they come out as members of LGBT, of the LGBTQ community. With my blackness, for so long I couldn't speak. For so long I couldn't say anything in regards to this. Doing this shit for herpes and people who are living with herpes raised my volume. I'd say shit under my breath, but I don't have to do that anymore. I'm I'm not living in fear anymore. Like, I'm hopeful that now with the support system that I have, with the power that I've acquired, that there can be some influence here. There can be some, I can tap into my leadership. I still have flashbacks from a football game. It was us in Southeast Missouri State. I'm on the field. My junior, my redshirt junior year, I'm out there with my boys and we are tired as fuck. It's the end of the game. We're playing Jacksonville State. And we're tired. 
and it's like fourth down and long and we are exhausted. Something says, Courtney, call timeout. I'm not the captain. That's not my responsibility. I'm not going to call a timeout. We line up, and this is the longest fucking play of my life. Second longest, because there was a reverse that made it on ESPN that I missed the tackle for. Yes, I remember this shit very vividly. This motherfucker throws a touchdown pass, and we lose the game. Granted, we still won our championship, but I will never get overthinking. What would have happened if I called timeout? Worst case scenario, I'd have got chewed the fuck out and taken off the field for calling timeout because I was tired. And I read the fucking field. We were all tired. Second worst scenario, they still threw a touchdown pass. But there are infinite possibilities that would have come from me just speaking up and calling the fucking timeout. Infinite. More of them would have gone in my favor. Ideally, I'd have called timeout. I'd have stayed on the field. I'd have made the play, maybe a fumble, picked it up, scoop, score, touchdown. All me. That's perfect case scenario. There are so many things that fall more so on the side of positive had I trusted myself than negative. I am not withholding my timeouts anymore. So as followers of something positive for positive people as people who just like Courtney. I know that my audience is primarily sex educators, primarily not all the way straight women. And so my answer to you when we say, what can we do? When we say, uh, how can I use my whiteness to help? First off, you can help me by not pity uplifting me. So just remove me from that shit. There are people who would love that support. You know, possibly maybe ask them and offer your intention. I would love to, like uh, one of my good friends shared my podcast with her audience in a time where it's like, okay, well, we do want to support these resources and businesses. But she knows what I do. She knows this. It's not some stranger. I'd be fucking weirds me out that, you know, people just all of a sudden start sharing my shit. Like, I love that. I would love the eyeballs, but I want it to be for the right reason. Share it because it's useful. Share it because you agree with it, you like it, and because you have benefited from it. That's what I want. I've been asking for reviews for fucking three years. I got 44, 45 reviews now and on the podcast, and it's like... I don't know, at one point there were 22,000 subscribers to the podcast. So to have 44 or 45 reviews is not very reflective of that. I don't want my shit to spike because a black man was murdered by a cop. And it's just, it, it's triggering for me. It, it's for various reasons and maybe I, I don't have the language for it, but it, it does make me angry again because I'm seen as an inferior and now this just compounds it. I don't want your sympathy. I want your action. That's what I want. Challenge the other humans with whiteness to use their whiteness. That's what I want. I want for us to be able to limit our social media consumption, minimize it. Demand that these brands tell us where they stand. And understand that this is me talking as one person with 
the experience, one human with the experience of being black. Connect with me on that and understand that this isn't going to be an end-all be-all for all black people. I am one of your friends. I'm one of your connections. I'm one of your uh, people in your circle. So this is how I feel. You can empathize with this because we're in the same field. There's pieces of us that we connect with that draw us here in the sex positive sex education space, even if it's just herpes. You can empathize. Now use your resources, use your tools, take inventory and do what you know in your heart needs to be done. My therapist told me that it was when I vented to him, I told him, you know, hey, I'm I'm angry and I feel like I shouldn't be angry for the reason that I'm angry. And he told me for the first time in our five, six sessions and ongoing communication that I wasn't being he calls it the robot, <laughs> but mechanical because I didn't have language. I have language for everything. I always use my words. I do a very good job of that. This was just raw emotion. This is me venting. This has been fucking bothering me since last Friday. I had a very pleasant weekend and had a very healthy distraction for myself, but I wasn't able to all the way be there the entire time until I got something out on paper. And then I just took a break from social media so that I could process. But y'all get angry, inconvenience yourself. This is my anger. This is anger in action. I'm tired of being helpless. I'm tired of feeling numb. I'm tired of hiding and repressing my anger. This is it. So if y'all gonna do something, do something. But you gotta get angry. Gotta let that out and direct it at the places that have the power and the influence directed at these businesses, take away our consumption from the media companies and the media that is pumped into us that is not reflecting reality. That is what we do. I love y'all, but I love me more and I had to do this for me. Next week, I guess we'll go back to regularly scheduled programming, but this isn't a one-time thing. This isn't going to be the only time I do this. It's not going to be the only time that I speak like this, like this feels good for me. And I'm going to keep up my momentum. Can you? <laughs> <laughs>